Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To kick today's episode off, we are going to talk about a little rant about men and the patriarchy. If you don't already have a bitter, jaded view about it, I'm about to give you one. And then the final topic of today's episode is going to be a list of intentions that men present as good that are actually self-serving and not good and can actually be against your own self-benefit. Today's episode is going to be for the girls who want to genuinely believe that everybody has good intentions, like a pure Disney happy heart. And by everyone, I mean men who are approaching you under a romantic context. Yes, this could be online, this could be your coworkers, it could even be your neighbor. And I know what you're thinking, but Fleeksy, shouldn't we assume that everybody's good? No. That's how you as a woman have been conditioned in order to be more malleable, naive, and receptive to the manipulations of men. Men, marketing, being sold to. I think the only people who assume that everybody has awful intentions are people from up north like New Yorkers. But back to a setting when it comes to a man who is wanting you to trust his intentions under the notion that all people are good until they prove they are bad. No besties. All people are bad until they prove they are good. And the reason why this benefits men is because your skepticism makes people uncomfortable. You making people prove themselves to you acts as a barrier. It's a boundary. And people who want to be in your life will rise to the boundaries that you set. And this is all about acting on good judgment and being guarded. Guarded in a way that is going to facilitate your own best interest. And it's not in a way that pushes other people away. It's only in a way that helps you understand their intentions more. Because unfortunately, between the Mugtau, Puas, Red Pills, and Incels, they have learned that there are some sheer basic good intentions that they as bad actors can use to be manipulative or even outright deceptive. There is hate in my heart. <laughs> I'm not gonna hide that. It's it's true. Like, yeah, I'm mad that myself and many other women actively get dehumanized because we were raised to believe that everybody is the same, we're all equals, we want to treat everybody as fair, but men were raised to think the exact opposite. They've been socialized to think that women are all the things that represent what they should not be. For a long time, I actually walked around with the feeling in my heart that men should be treated in the way that I want to be treated. I actually saw them as equals, but no longer am I thinking that way. And I think now we have to come from a method of seeing men as horrible and awful until they prove themselves to be good. This isn't me saying, hey, everybody, let's just never date again and be single forever. No, no, no. We are still pro-dating here. We're just not going to be freely trusting. A part of understanding this deeply is knowing that men and women are socialized differently in society. Men are taught that everything that is woman is shameful and bad, and women are taught to be placating, always be nice, and are raised with people-pleaser tendencies. 
It sounds so unfathomable because if that is not the way that you interact with others or have been socialized to act, it's like who would do that? Only a monster. And bestie, I'm starting to think that most of them are monsters. Yeah, this is me being mean. And it's so funny too because like (laughs) men will sit here and say women ain't sh** because we don't like it when they're straight up about only wanting to be friends with benefits or that women suck ass because we'll accept a date for like every day of the week because we want a free meal. Misogyny and the hatred of women is a funny thing because it will have you fully convinced that that is a very evil thing for a woman to do. But it will not acknowledge the systemic and societal factors that bring women to a place of accepting dates just to get a meal. I actually know a lot of women who did this in college because yeah, college is expensive. It sucks living on a malnutrition diet. And when men are already out here getting more opportunities for work and pay than you are because of the way that misogyny and the boys club tends to benefit each other when you are that early into the adult game, I don't blame these women. They're queens, actually. I'm, I'm glad that they found a way to make it work to their benefit. When your only power that you have in a society is your youth and beauty, yeah, you're going to use that to your benefit, especially when you're not getting respect for it. And here men are justifying lying to a woman about their intentions of getting married and being her boyfriend, all to get two or three nuts, literally causing emotional trauma just to f- It's one thing if a woman wants to actually have a friends with benefits situation with a man consensually and it's something that she participated in and it's on her terms. But men propagating this notion that women should be lied to in order to further advance the ability to gain a notch on their belt, I consider it actual gender violence. And I honestly think that it should be considered a form of if a man told you that he wants to be your boyfriend and then ghosts you the next day and never talks to you again. Just to be clear, after f***ing you, literally. Some guys will wait three days, some will actually wait a week, they will go on a trip, and then they will decide to fade out and never text you again, and they'll act like, oh, well, you could have texted me. And they'll make it seem like it was your idea. But bottom line, the fact that they're even out here going so far to do that is astonishing and then they want to play it on the whole oh well I just changed my mind well oh well she should have been chasing me after that no dude not when it switches up so drastically like I actually think that should be illegal like yeah you got access to our body under false pretenses under false notions and it was done very deliberately and premeditatively there are men teaching other men to not be transparent about their intentions under the basis that women don't like transparency. However, it's not about not liking transparency. It's about the fact that if you want to do that with another woman, it's an actual paid job. Yes, I'm talking about sex work. Yeah, sex workers will literally fuck you with no strings attached and then go on their merry way and never talk to you again. So the fact that they're manipulating women into doing that on top of openly posting on the internet about how they don't actually care about pleasuring a woman or making sure that she orgasms unless it's a woman that they're in love with, it's like, what's the benefit for us? Unless it's a consenting adult who knew exactly what they were getting into, in this case, mediocre ass sex. No, 
no, I don't feel bad for these dudes. Like, yeah, we ain't shit because we don't want to be your free penis receptacle. But they're upset because women are out here going on dates with them for the food and not because of their actual personality. Their ever-so-enchanting personalities, which primarily consist of cars, sports, boots, beers. Oh, let's see. They like fishing. They like video games. Which, if you're a woman and you like these things, that's all fine and dandy. If anything, it's great. But don't do it to specifically pander to a man. If the patriarchy is going to put an overwhelming amount of incompetent-ass men in power who use actual paper towels to wipe their ass, or men who, in my experience, would show up high and drunk and late and harass women while in power, all while kikiing with their bros and holding women to the highest standards possible. Yeah, you're gonna lose out in the dating component, and I don't feel bad about that. Dating and receiving chivalry are the one areas where we do actually hold any type of power, and they're so mad we even have that. And most of the power we exercise is just in making sure that we're safe. Specifically, under what context we feel safe in. Whether that's going out for drinks or going out to a restaurant. We as women are deciding, no, we don't want to go on a walk at the park. In fact, if I am going to leave my house and risk the potential of meeting a man who could be dangerous or radicalized by the internet, i.e. red pill mug towel, any type of like crazy online rabbit hole it's like yeah we're only gonna do that if we're actually benefiting and that is under the context of being wined and dined between the misogyny content and the incel content that finds its way to mainstream media getting more and more accepted by the day yeah it's not safe for us as women to even interact on a friendship level there's so much unnecessary hostility towards us to be fair, the hostility of that misogyny got to live in the shadows for a good long time up until 2020 and 2021 when we got to realize where these corners of the internet existed and we got to see the dialogue that men were having privately. Well, not so privately. They were doing it openly in comment sections and forums. But yeah, now we can actually see it and how pervasive and prevalent it is. So uh, no, I don't give a about what men have to deal with and why they think women are liars or why they think that we are not honest with our intentions or why they outright think that we are just people who are using them to get ahead. Yeah, for the most part, we are. And if you don't already do this as a woman, you should probably consider it. I promise your life will actually improve. Um, I like to call it bringing nothing to the table. Everything has gone upward in my life ever since I stopped assuming that men were not misogynistic and ever since I started working towards making them prove themselves to me. So 10 out of 10, I highly recommend it, ladies. If you are somebody who is naively into the idea that everybody's good and that everybody should be trusted right off the bat, you are putting yourself in a situation to be hurt. The only way to tell if somebody's actually good or if somebody actually cares about your better interests or if their intentions are genuine is through months, maybe even like a year of good consistency. I've seen some people who have put on the whole show there's an energetic shift when you actually do start to trust a person or when you do allow them into your space. Maybe you have felt it before with your coworkers or maybe even bosses, maybe even people that you've taken classes with, just anybody in general who has allowed you as a person into their space that they can trust. Yeah, if you could feel it, best believe that a man can too. The whole point of this episode is to be very selective about who you are actually allowing to experience that energetic shift with because the wrong person will 
use that. If anybody remembers the SeaWorld incident where the homeless person climbed into the tank and then Shamu ragdolled him around and ripped his dick off and actually killed the man, that is literally what could happen to you. Minus the dick part. Do I sound like a dad who's talking about your prom date or a man who's about to take you out and potentially keep you outside late in the night? Yes. Yes, I am. And honestly, we need to be our own dads. We need to look at men through these lens. If you didn't have a dad, this is the way that most of them even portray other dads in movies. And there's a reason for it. Because men know other men. Men can understand a man's intentions, even when they are presenting themselves as good and well-mannered. And if there are any men little ears listening to this podcast right now, I know that they have probably screamed inside their minds, not all men. Maybe not all men, but somehow it seems to be all women. So with that being said, I'm going to put that on mute and act like you don't exist right now because this is for the girls and um, what's your gender again? Yeah, this is girls only. All right, bestie, so we're going to move on to the next topic now. I don't even know what to call that last segment, but we're done with it. This next segment is going to be, can men ever do anything with good intentions? And I have a list here of things that seem like they are inherently nice, but they're actually just a good guy facade of things that actually benefit men or that happen to work against women or both. So let's get into it. The first one on my list is when a man plans the date. Look, for the most part, this is a good thing. I actually like it because this means that he can Google and it means that you don't have to give him the answers to the homework and he's probably not going to weaponize incompetence down the road. Um, But the situation here is that it can work against you when it is a man who is purposely picking a place that is close to his house or close to where he lives. So maybe you're a woman who lives in the city and this guy is picking a spot that's within walking location back to his so that he can play on the logistics after the day ends. To me, this is insidious because it'll be a dude who will either like show up walking to this place or he might even like ask you for a ride and just try to like push you to go inside. There's a method. I actually, I found this online one day. I was Googling, she won't come back to my place and then it showed a whole script of how to push a woman into going back to your house afterwards and it's all about like oh let's go out for another drink let's do another drink all you have to do is give me one hour of your time we don't have to do anything we can just hang out and this can either be at another bar or it can be his house and yes it does end with them sleeping with you obviously if he shows up sweaty and like he just ran to the date that's sign number one right sign number two is if he asks you for a ride Which is like, dude, no, I don't want to meet you for the first time in my vehicle. And no, take an Uber, you broke bitch. As far as preventing it goes, one of the things you can do is you can Google the place in advance. And if you find out that it only has street parking or maybe you don't like the menu. Yes, by the way, besties, please Google every location before you go to it. I had a time when I asked a guy, hey, can we go somewhere else? Because I don't like that this place only has street parking. And that's just my personal preference. I don't know about you guys, but like you can end up paying out the wazoo and then walking on the streets. And I just don't like that. I would rather just go to a place that has a parking lot already. So I complained to this guy about that. I asked if we could go somewhere else. And then he sends me this paragraph about how the place is close to his house. He usually Ubers everywhere. I should probably Uber there. He also was telling me how if I did decide to park in the city, he would pay for my parking. 
It's like, dude, you literally picked a place that was convenient for you. Which, as a woman, you should be having the dates be picked in a location that's convenient on your behalf. Because you're the woman. Like, they can barely even get us to text back or show up. And look, if you're going to pay for my parking, why don't you pay for my Uber? By the way, you guys, this is the dude from the entitled Trifling Dusty story time, specifically the second story that I shared in the last podcast episode. So yeah, I did ask him to pay for my Uber, and then he was acting like he was going to do it from his account and that I should take the Uber to his place and then meet him for the first time in that Uber, and then we ride together to the restaurant. And then I was like, no, no, I don't want to meet you for the first time in a fucking Uber. Then he was like, okay, well, then you're just going to have to wait for me. To which I ghosted him because I'm not waiting for shit. Also, hey, besties, guess what? We have Venmo. We have Cash App. We have Zelle. We have PayPal. Why in the world would I send this man my address and let him be in control of the Uber? No. A A man that I don't know, when I am me, when he could potentially expose me or stalk me or be crazy... Mm, no thank you. Another thing that was hilarious was that this guy had admitted that he doesn't have a car, he just moved to the area, but he's in the process of getting a car. Yeah, um, besties, it takes about a week to get a vehicle. Like, even when I was, like, 20 years old, that's about as long as it took for me. Like, just get the damn car if you were gonna get one. It's not no one-month-long process. Unless you are ordering a brand-new Tesla and you keep sending it back because there are flaws... Your car should not take more than like one week to get to you. If you did listen to the previous podcast episode, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, he didn't even have a car? Yeah, besties, I forgot to leave it out. I know I did post the screenshot of him sending that to me on Twitter. And all of you guys were clowning him in the replies. And I just, (laughs) I didn't include it in the story time because I just felt so stupid for having entertained it at I was like, man, I was really acting desperate. I'm always talking about check your desperation. And then it's so funny because I am also a frequent victim of my own desperation. The worse my dating experiences get, the more hilarious story times you guys get. Let's move on from this story. Another reason why them picking the place can have bad intentions behind it is because they might pick a place where they know the staff. Or maybe they know a chef or maybe they know the manager and they intentionally pick this date for you and him so that they can get a discounted rate, so that they can get free food, or so that they can make it look like they're conspicuously spending and that they got money in the bank, shoddy what you drink, to impress you. When really, they don't have it like that. It's just a tactic to make them look more like the man than they actually are. And who knows how many places where they actually do know the staff and if they're a frequent restaurateur. But this has also happened to me as well. I was like, why did this guy spend like $600 on the two of us on our first date? Like I thought that was so strange. And then I realized that he was in cahoots with the staff. Another thing too is sometimes these guys frequent these places so often that they literally know everybody in there like even the other regulars and depending on who you're on a date with they might be showing you off. They might be like yeah I'm the man.com because look at this baddie that I have with me. So it's just one of those things that can seem like it has good intentions behind it but they are really doing it for their own benefit. Now look. If he plans a date because he actually did his Googling and he picked a place that was far away from his house, 
A plus for him. Like, yes, he gets pats on the back for now for the first date. That's all it is. Pats on the back. I don't give him trust just because we had a good first date. Everybody can act nice for three to four hours. Just a disclaimer there. Yeah, we can be happy we had a good first date, but we're not going to put all our eggs into that man basket. So moving on. The inverse of this is if he lets you plan the date. Now, this can be done in a way that it makes you seem like you are in control, like he just wants to do whatever you want to do. But this is something that was discussed on the FDS podcast. Usually, a man who weaponizes incompetence will have you pick the first location. And then you'll end up picking the second and the third and the fourth. Maybe every now and then he'll get spicy and decide to actually pick a place. And that place will be his house. But in general, it's a man who can't even do the bare-ass minimum of Googling. Because that's what we do when we pick a place, right? We literally just hop onto Google. And something that they brought up on FDS is how funny it is that men who weaponize incompetence like this are people who usually have jobs like managers or they're in charge of vital operations at work, but they can't find a place to go to a restaurant with you or they can't pick a good bar. Like somehow that's so hard. So you need to be the one in charge of that every single time or if not every other time. The worst of the worst is if you actually end up in a relationship with this type of guy and you are sitting there trying to decide what to do up until the very day that you guys had actually planned to see each other. I decided that these are dudes that actually don't have any interest in being with me because they're not excited about me. They're not excited to make the plan. I actually think that this might be the type of guy who is literally dating a woman to specifically make his life easier. Like literally the type of guy who was told that if he dates a woman, she will take care of him sexually. She will take care of the chores of the household and of all the general operations. All right, way number two, that men are fake nice and have secretly weird intentions. If he offers to pick you up on the first date when you have only known this man in an online setting over the apps. So this is a fake nice offer to me because he's pretending like he's going to make your life easier by going out of his way, but safety decorum forbids him from doing so. Like, dude, if you really wanted to make my life easier and give me the red carpet treatment, you would treat me to the uber black experience. Also, I personally have never had a good experience with a guy who was offered to pick me up. I find that these tend to be dudes who have, quote unquote, I'm a good guy complex. The way that those relationships end are with them exposing the fact that they are not good guys. Because if you are a good guy, you do not have to go out of your way to prove yourself to be one. Nor will you extend this offer that you know that I'm not going to accept. And God forbid you actually accept this offer. I really want you guys to know that that's not a good thing to do because it can end with you feeling trapped and reliant on them. A man that you do not know and have not gotten to experience over months and maybe even years or even through word of mouth and mutuals is somebody who can be unpredictable. And you don't know if they're going to actually want to end the date when you want to. You don't know if they're going to keep you out all night or if they're going to be dangerous drivers. Like, you just don't know. So don't do it for your safety. And just know that the guy who is actually offering the car ride is doing it as a pleasantry that is a false nicety. He knows it would be stupid and dangerous for you to say yes. He's not expecting you to actually say yes. So let's move on. For my next point, I have when a man says that he wants something, quote unquote, mutually beneficial. We spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking about how we are already underhanded by society. Nothing about this playground that we're on 
is starting off mutual. It's also a Dusty's way of describing how they want to go 50-50 and sexual benefits. And the desire for mutually beneficial on a man's behalf usually plays on the card that you have the guilt to treat others the way that you want to be treated. Um, It also hinges on the idea of equality and not equity. Equity realizes that everybody has different circumstances and this allocates resources to those circumstances in a way that creates fairness compared to equality, which already assumes that we're all starting off with the same circumstances, which by the way, we're not. So the guy who's doing this is assuming that you have an advantage already and that you need to make the dynamic equal between you and him. He also thinks that he's coming from a moral high place of goodness and treating everybody else as he would treat them. He just wants equality with a lover. Okay, dude, well, what about making things equitable? What about making it so that it actually happens to be fair for both of us? And by fair for both of us in a way that it actually benefits the woman and not just you. Because this is a dynamic, specifically mutually beneficial dynamics are ones that benefit men more than women. Like, no thank you, I'm not going to financially benefit your life by paying for myself every time I go out to date you or see you. Personally, the only time I will be paying to be in a man's presence is if he is killing a bug, fixing a cabinet, or my car. And even then, I don't know, I just don't really see it as worth it. But this isn't me saying to not date. Just don't date a guy who's going to make you pay for yourself to be in his company. Mutually beneficial assumes that the woman is actually benefiting, and I don't find that to be the case. 50-50 ends up actually being 90-10, with the man putting in 10 and the woman putting in 90. After you factor in makeup, gas, driving, the risk, um, the loss of other men who would be doing what he is not. And he's playing on the guilt that you've been socialized to carry. Specifically, your nice girl syndrome. No thank you. So let's move on to the next point. This next point is when a man identifies as a leftist or liberal. Now, okay, politically, depending on where you stand... This might be problematic for a variety of reasons, but I just want to say I am somebody who identifies as progressive and leftist. So now that we have that out the way, my problem with men who do this is that I find that they weaponize feminism to make it benefit them. Being liberal comes with the understanding that you are socially aware of others' upbringings and their plights. However, I find that a lot of men who do this wear it as a mask to make themselves look like good guys and to also find ways for it to benefit themselves financially and sexually financially they use it to act as a dirty john so men like this aren't just like oh yeah sure it's whatever if she pays no they get excited if you pay which is weird like they shouldn't think that it's hot or a turn on that you are financially covering their ass that's literally a guy who's looking to financially exploit you On a personal note, I've had men who identify as liberal make three to four times more than me, but would want me to pay for myself or to cover things here and there while dating them. I've had one guy, specifically the Scorpio, if you guys have been watching my TikToks and Twitch streams, but he would acknowledge the fact that there is a gender pay gap. And that was about it. He would acknowledge it. He didn't give a crap about actually being equitable in that regard to the women around him. And he also would harp that women and men are exactly the same. Which no, no the fuck we're not. He also didn't believe in chivalry. He was a simp hater. He would be that type of guy that would be like, I ain't no simp. (laughs) 
it made me realize there are men who are all about social justice until it comes to the betterment of women, the advancement of women, treating women with respect. I personally just find that a lot of guys will use their liberalism to pretend to be guys who are good. And they pretend that they understand the concept of equality in and out, but they don't understand equity. I'm not saying that all guys who lean on this political end of the spectrum can be this type of dude, but more often than not, you will find guys who politically identify this way because they think it will get them laid more and they'll end up with a roommate who will pay to date them and pay to bang them as well. This next point ties into the last one. So what we have here is when a man likes what you like. So yes, it's great when you have mutuality and when there are things that you guys can agree on, like your politics and maybe even your worldviews, but this can even go down into your hobbies or things that you find interesting. A man will potentially mirror you to appear more likable and instantly trustworthy. And this is called leaning into your bias. So a man will purposely cater to your biases in order to get faster access to your mind, body, and heart. And this is something that will happen in lieu of actually showing you consistent effort of being a genuinely good person who cares about you. And it seems so backwards because it's like, okay, but this is somebody that shares values that I have. That's great. Let's love that. Let's stay in that lane. However, let's not give those men instant trust and instant likability on the sheer basis of mutuality alone. No, they still have to prove themselves to us. They still have to be vetted and we still have to keep our eye out for them because how many women listening to this right now have given instant trust to a guy because he had similar politics to us? or because he also was a TikTok creator, or a Twitch streamer, or somebody who followed the same accounts that you like to follow on Instagram. How many times have we given instant trust to somebody because they matched our bias, and then they abused that trust? Or they used it to fast forward the relationship on the sheer basis of values. If anybody here knows my past, you guys know that I started off as a Twitch streamer before I ever got into TikTok and YouTube and podcasting. But basically, when I was a Twitch streamer, just starting out, if somebody followed me, if it was a guy specifically who followed me and they were a Twitch streamer, I automatically assumed camaraderie and trust based off that alone. So I would follow them back and I would just extend likability to them off that alone, which is not what we should be doing. In fact, those ended up being some of the most disgusting, thirsty, misogynistic people I've ever met. So right off the bat, you don't owe a man any trust or likability just because he does something that you do, has similar views as you, has similar hobbies as you, likes the stuff that you like, as in, I don't know, maybe his favorite snack is also oranges or bananas, or maybe he also likes to go get Chick-fil-A. No, that doesn't mean shit. You really want to sit there and decide who somebody is based off of their friends, based off of how they interact with the world, i.e. when they're angry, when they're sad, how often are they neutral? Are they fronting half of the time about their successes? Who is this person? Like, outside of how they even would treat you. And then let's think about how they do treat you. So the ones who are hoping to form an instant connection with you are going to hone in on those similarities that you guys share. But I promise, even if you guys didn't have those similarities, you could still probably connect with them. And just because you guys do have these similarities doesn't mean that they don't have qualities about them that are not redeeming. 
or possibly even atrocious or outright destructive. Now, just because men do this does not mean that you shouldn't have a dating profile that doesn't have your religion, your politics, and things about you that are actually true to you listed. In fact, it just means that you should vet a man when he does identify with what you identify with. Because I don't know about you guys, but I live in an area that is conservative and Christian. And it's so funny because men will swipe right on me just because I'm hot. And then they will see the part that actually has my actual values listed. And then they will get mad that I actually dared to match them, even though they don't have theirs listed. Because that's the thing. A guy who's planning to mirror you is a guy who's not going to have any of his actual details put on his profile. His profile is going to be blank and ready to shapeshift to whatever yours is. In my case though, where I live, men are very mad at the fact that I am a very attractive woman who dares to have opinions as far as religion and politics goes, and even more mad at the fact that I even listed them. Like, because that assumes that I'm somebody where if you date me, these are values that are going to come to the forefront, right? No, because I've actually have men who have sent me long ass paragraphs about me being atheist and me being uh, a liberal. Meanwhile, these men don't have none of their stuff listed. So it's like I swiped right on you not even knowing. And, and, and the fact that you didn't even list it makes me think that you don't care about where you stand or what you are. But yet you're going to have like a very controversial reaction to me. I do think it's actually worth listing depending on where you live because you might run across somebody who's really polarized that you're going to want to reject because God forbid you end up putting on your hair, makeup, and heels and wasting your pretty little gas just to sit across the table to somebody who reacts like this in an online setting. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're typing out paragraphs or if you're openly getting mad at people online because of your ambiguity on your profile, that's troubling. That's a troubled person. Anybody who's getting mad in the online dating space and actually vocalizing that towards that person is a troubled individual. The fine line here is expressing enough of yourself to push away the people who are going to reject you, you know, just showing up authentically as you are. But then the other half of it is not giving automatic trust to people who fall in line with your biases. You have to sit there and decide who a person is through their consistency over a long period of time. That means it's not going to happen in the first four dates, even the first six dates. It's going to take months, besties. And I know that seems like a really long time, but this is not a game where you want to rush through it and be impatient. You need to sit there and decipher who a person is through all of their actions. And a part of this is even rotational dating, right? So you're not just hyper fixating and only getting excited about one person. You're actively juggling multiple so that you're not getting obsessed with one particular individual. And just because you are sharing who you are and what you like and what your values are, does not mean that you are telling him the type of man that you want him to show up as. At the most on my dating profile, I tell men that I like smart, I like nerdy, and that I think a man should always pay. Then everything else on there is about the stuff that I'm personally into. You can't fake smart. You can't fake nerdy. I think men will see that though and they'll be like, yeah, I'm nerdy. I like anime. Dude, I said I liked smart, okay, not weeaboos. And that's actually a way for me to know if a man is going to start pandering to me right out the gate. If they try to be like, I'm smart, 
Mm, let me be the judge of that, <laughs> okay? So I think I said enough about that one. Let's move on to the next point, which is when they send you playlists and songs. Now, I don't know about you guys, but whenever a guy that I just met starts doing this, I find it problematic. The insincerity of this is when it happens when they first meet you off of the dating apps, um, and not even meeting you, right? Like when they just exchange numbers with you, or if this is a guy who has gone on a first date with you, or any dude that you just in general have not formed a consistent relationship with, somebody that is actually a established presence in your life. First of all, this is the most unsubstantial way to have a conversation with another person. You can only gather so much information about a person based on the music that they like, unless it's a man who tells you that he likes Future. Or if it's a man who's trying to judge you based off the fact that you like Cardi B. And why are we sitting here trying to get to know one another based off of what our favorite playlists look like? I feel like music is so personal, it's almost like a religion. Because you don't know what gets somebody going in the morning. You don't know if they're listening to a certain song because of where they are in life. Who knows, maybe it's a man who's trying to decide if you're still trying to get past an ex. But I think it's a really corny way to judge another person. Secondly, I can promise you that whatever he's sending you, he has also sent to like a hundred other girls. Especially if it's a playlist, girl. There are like four other girls who are rocking out to that playlist as we speak. On top of all that other stuff, I actually find it to be very annoying. I consider it like a form of homework that I don't want to do. Like, (laughs) no, I don't want to sit there and listen to a hundred songs. And let's talk about the type of guy who's doing this. This is a guy who is usually a music snob. So if this is a loser who's into sad boy music, but you're a baddie who likes to listen to Megan the motherfucking stallion, best believe he's going to tell you that your music isn't real, that he doesn't like that type of stuff, and he's going to try to shame you for not having more (laughs) refined taste buds. Have you ever driven in a car with a guy who uses the dashboard as a bongo? He will literally have a concert in front of you while you have to sit there and stare directly at traffic or look out the window and act like nothing is happening and try to hold in your laugh. And I'm not even talking about a little pitter-patter tippity-tap. Imagine me flailing my arms around as dramatically as possible and violently smacking the steering wheel, the dashboard, and the car door. That's exactly what he would be doing. I find that guys who do this as well also have nothing to actually talk about. This might as well be the replacement for what you do in. Like every morning, the one guy that would do this to me was the felon. And yeah, this would be the text I would get. It would be like a song or a playlist. And I'm like, dude, I don't have free time to be sitting around listening to all these songs. And even if I did, it was like sad boy music. And I would tell him, I'm like, I don't like slow stuff. I don't like this low beat stuff. This sounds sad. Like I would outright tell him that it sucked. Okay, sucked is a strong word. I would just say like, no, I don't like this stuff. And I would try to be nice every now and then and send a song back. But for the most part, it's like, I know we don't have music in common. And why is that a basis for a good relationship? I mean, yeah, it's cool if you guys like the same stuff, but... It doesn't mean anything to me. Maybe maybe he was doing that thing that I mentioned in one of the previous points about trying to establish likability and trustworthiness based off of mutuality through songs. But um, that's just not a basis of me thinking another person is super awesome. One thing that I will say about the felon, though, is that he mentioned thinking that Britney Spears wasn't intelligent 
And he also said that he didn't like the sound of Miley Cyrus's voice. Now, first of all, that was misogynistic to me. That's when I decided that I'm not on the same page as this man. Because it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, their genre of music is not my favorite. But to outright question their intelligence and say that you don't like the sound of their voice. And if you're sitting here wondering if I fought him on this, yes I did. I was like, on what basis is Britney Spears not intelligent? What interview? Where did you gather that information? And he didn't have an interview. He didn't have a moment. So I was like, okay, that's misogynistic. And he got all serious. He was like, I'm not a misogynist. But to think that Britney Spears isn't a woman of intelligence by his arbitrary measurement because of whatever he gathered from the portrayal of the media, which is already against women as it is and exploits them. I think that's a trait of the music snob as well, combining with misogyny. But okay, you guys, we can drop this and we can move on. Don't trust dudes who send you playlists, especially if he's using it as a substitute for not planning a date not setting up plans, and not having a substantial conversation with substance and objectives. This is the WYD boy 2.0 because he can't sit there and ask you the same thing every day, but he can send you a different song from a playlist that he already has manufactured to send out to a hundred different other girls. It might as well be copy-paste. Moving on to the next point, men who call themselves good cuddlers. This could be on their dating profile. This could be in the texting stage. This could be on the first, second, or third date. Anytime they call themselves a good cuddler when you have not even came close to even thinking about actually cuddling with them, i.e., you know, establishing that level of familiarity, you in danger, girl. Now, I have personally never hooked up or gotten with a man who identified brazenly as a good cuddler, but have you ever met a man who could actually hold a cuddle throughout the night? It's always, ah, my arm hurts. My arm's going numb. Your hair's making me itchy. I'm hot and sweaty. Or even worse, he's a fucking little spoon. (sighs) You guys, that's the next one. That's like a red flag. Section one dash A mini clause. Watch out if he's a little spoon. He's definitely going to be the type of guy who's going to ask you to pay for stuff. Of course, naturally, though, if you like being someone's jetpack, do you, boo. I'm never going to hate you for it, but I will forever hate the man who prefers to be the little spoon. I know that's a lot of judgment and a big assessment to make, but any of the girls here who have ever been with a man who solely only liked to be the little spoon, there was a lot of other things that he preferred you to be in charge of. Okay. And no, that doesn't mean that he likes to take it in the back door. I just find it to be the man who wants a mommy. By the way, the Scorpio, yeah, the one that I mentioned before, the, the one who was weaponizing feminism, he was a proud little spoon who quote-unquote hated cuddling, unless he was the fucking little spoon. So if I sound bitter, it's because I am, and he has painted all little spoons in the darkest of lights. But we can move on back to the men who identify as good cuddlers on their dating profiles are very early on. It's really cringe to me when they do this because they think that we don't know that cuddling is a gateway drug to having sex. Like, it's very obvious that that's the direction that that's going to go in. And the problem with this dude is if he has a profile and it says, I'm a good cuddler, I love to cuddle. If you swipe right on it, it is by no means you consenting to actually cuddle with this dude and no, that does not actually count as consent. 
But to this type of idiot, he's going to see you as somebody who co-signed to be the cuddler for him. Who's co-signing to allow him to have access to the gateway drug that cuddling will lead to. Some men are smart. They won't actually put it in their profile. They will wait until you guys are texting or they will wait until the first date. They might even wait until the second date. It will be a form of pressure tactics, like high sales pressure. So if he's not putting it out there on his profile to stop himself from going out, spending money, and wasting time on women who are not DTF, he is going to lay it on you thick with his cuddling abilities, verbally, to rush the process along, if you know what I mean. And when I say rush the process along, I mean that a guy who is rushing to sleep with you is a guy who is trying to get you in and out the door so that he can move on to the next. So yeah, section two dash B of red flags here. Any guy who is rushing to sleep with you or laying it on super thick so that he can get you into his bed or his house is a guy who only has one objective and that objective usually revolves around getting you in and getting you out. And while we're here talking about dating profiles, let's move on to the next thing that men will do that seems like it's nice, but it actually has a secret insidious background. This was mentioned in the last podcast episode, but it is when a man comes out with a first message on a dating app about how beautiful, hot, sexy you are, or if he's calling you baby, babe, any type of pet name or familiarity that hasn't been established. A lot of you guys were like, I didn't even know that that could be a red flag. But here's the issue with it. A guy who is coming right out the gate with, hey, baby, hey, sexy, hi, cutie, is a man who's starting off the relationship on the basis that the two of you are already sexually attracted to each other. Now, I don't know about you, but I need to be attracted to a man's personality, his conversation. I need to make sure that he's not a total weirdo. So even though I might have swiped on him because he's attractive, I still want to treat him like a stranger. And another thing too is that it expedites the relationship from the sheer basis of being strangers to we are people who are sexually attracted to each other. Therefore, let's move this relationship past the point of strangers, past the point of friends, and as people who are already of romantic interest to one another. And to a woman, it's like, yeah, that's the whole point of being on a dating app, right? But to a man, he's going to assume that you're going to match his pace on skipping the friendship, skipping the strangers part. It's going to be, oh, well, we already think that we're both cute and attractive, so why don't we just go all the way to the next level? Why don't we just take this to the sheets? Why don't we just start holding hands and being super touchy right out the gate? At the end of the day, move at whatever pace that you are comfortable with and do whatever you feel like facilitates your best interest and advances your objectives. However, with men, I find that a good man will be afraid to offend you and scare you off and he's not going to risk breaching that boundary of acting overly familiar and calling you babe or baby and just coming off as a creep. Like a guy who's conscientious will know that that can be very creepy and can even scare a girl off very early on. I remember, um, I mean, mind you, it was with the felon, but one of the things that sold me on him early on that made me think oh this guy's a gentleman is that he slipped up and called me babe when we were on our first date and then he sat there and was like oh my god I'm so sorry and it was like yeah yeah you should be sorry babe I'm not your babe 
And sometimes they don't even do it as an opening message. I had one guy who gave me his phone number when we were messaging each other. And he was like, oh, text me, baby. Do you think I texted that man? Nope. It's still sitting in the messages collecting dust. To the girls who have no knowledge of the world of sugaring, it's a known thing that when men are messaging women on these sugar baby websites, they think that they are scammers if they come out really early on with the hey honey, hey baby. Like men even get triggered by this. I do think though, if you are dating in a vanilla context, um, in vanilla as in, you know, you're just a regular person trying to date people in your age group, not for the basis of getting sugar. But I think to me, if you are the woman who is leading the touching, the babe, the cutie, I think that is more preferable in this situation. I don't like when men come out the gate swinging that hammer. I find it to be a guy who is telling you outright what his objectives are and his intentions without actually saying outright that he's DTF. In fact, I find that a lot of these men have learned that coming out the gate with like, let's let's they realized that that's a very strong and unapproachable way to talk to a woman. So I find that the baby, cutie, honey, sweetie, whatever baby names that they use early on is them soft testing you to see if you're going to meet them at that DTF level. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that this is a rule. I'm not saying that this is you being consenting of that. I'm just saying that this is how the men are weaponizing it against women. So it seems flattering. It seems nice. If, if you're on the apps for validation, it might even be exactly what you're looking for. But when a guy is doing it, it is secretly coming with a lot of hidden messages, unfortunately. And I don't like it. I personally don't respond to it. I leave those messages sitting in my inbox. And um, just to be clear, too, this goes for men who send you a whole bunch of, like, thirsty face emojis right out the gate. No emoji monsters either. In the last podcast episode about trifling dusties, I brought up how the guy who was being red flaggy, he was sending winky faces, like the winky kissy emojis, and I overlooked it, and that ended up being one of the biggest precursors to knowing that he was a douchebag. Moving on to the next point, this one is also from the entitled Trifling Dusties podcast episode that came before this one. Just in case, though, if this is the first time you're listening to my podcast, I will regurgitate it once more. I'll do a synopsis though so that way you don't have to listen to the whole thing again if you are somebody who's heard it before. But basically, this point is when a man asks to FaceTime or call you prior to a date. And this is something that seems like it might be for your benefit as a woman. However, when a woman requests a FaceTime and when a man requests a FaceTime, it is for two entirely different reasons. For women, we do it for safety purposes. We want to make sure that he's not a freak. We want to make sure that we actually like the person that we are talking to before we waste our gas, hair efforts, and expensive makeup. However, when a man is requesting a FaceTime date before the actual date, it is because he wants to make sure that you look like your photos. It has nothing to do with safety. As far as his gas is concerned, I don't really think he even cares about that. Now, if he's a cheap broke boy, it might be because he wants to save his money before he goes out on a date with a girl that he considers a catfish. But it is coming from the most shallow of shallow places of thinking that you are probably fake. And it's coming from a place that he wants you to prove yourself to him. 
And I find that men who do this carry that note throughout the entire relationship. You will spend your entire relationship with that man proving that you are X or Y or Z to him. Whatever he wants you to prove, that's just what it's going to be with him. Something that I mentioned in the last episode that I'll bring up again is that the guy who wanted to do a phone call with me prior to the date specifically wanted to do it because he wanted to make sure that it didn't look like we were meeting each other for the first time at a restaurant that he had never been to in a side of town where he doesn't even know anybody. Okay, so he's insecure. So he needs the validation and approval of random strangers. Nah, we're not a match because I'm embarrassing. I'm a freak. I said to him outright, I was like, oh, well, usually whenever I go somewhere, I'm used to everybody looking at me, so I don't even make eye contact with everybody in the room. Which, by the way, if you walk into a room and you're instantly looking around to see who's looking at you, that is an insecure thing to do. For me personally, if a man is already worried about people looking over at us and talking about what we're doing or who we are or X, Y, and Z, we're going to have issues because I like to take selfies in public. I like to use my front flashing camera or I guess my rear facing camera, whatever it is. And I don't care who's watching. Like, yeah, I might giggle and laugh that people are looking, but I'm not like, oh my God, everybody's looking. What will I do? I've tried to help people like this not give any f- No, no, they have no way of allocating their f**ks in ways that I don't already allocate mine. Insecurity in a man is a deep psychological issue. It's not something that you can change within them. They need a life coach. They need to analyze the source of that insecurity. And you're never going to be able to rip that out of his personality unless he is able to work on that confidence within himself. So if he's already coming from a place of being scared of people looking at him or what others are thinking, just remove yourself from the situation because you're probably not going to be able to have fun with that man in public. For me, I'm a goofball. I like to be loud and I'm pretty proud about it. Um, So that's just not going to jive with me. Now, if you are of already a shy demeanor, maybe you don't want a goofball. That's okay. Then this might actually be something that's in line with you. But I do not like men who are worried about what people are saying and thinking. I have personally never had a good relationship with them. Now, a man who has his preferences before a date, as in doing that phone call or having that FaceTime for his own reasons... Look, that's fair. He's allowed to have those reasons, but it's up to you whether you want to be accommodating to somebody based off of their motives. Wanting to make sure that a woman is just as hot as she portrays herself to be online does have some reasoning behind it. He's allowed to want that, and I'm allowed to say, nah, fuck you. Bringing it back to sugaring, I knew a few men who had told me that they went on multiple dates with women that ended up being catfish. They said, Yeah, it wasn't fun. They didn't like that these women had lied about what they looked like or that they even outright used photos of different women. But they said that they still sat through the date and that they treated that woman with respect. But when the date ended, they said, no, this is not going to work out. Or while they met the woman in person, they said, "Mm, I don't like that you lied. And they ended the date right there. I think there's something to be said about a man who just appreciates being in a woman's presence, whether she is somebody who is who she actually says she is online. There is something to be said about a man who appreciates a woman's presence for more than her looks. It's up to a man to decide what his priorities are at the end of the day, and I'm not trying to give any credit to their shallowness. But I do think that if he is someone who can value a woman as a human being, he's going to take that risk and he's not going to make a woman jump through hoops before the date. 
He's not going to be stingy about how he allocates his time and money if he sees her as a human. And just for a point of reference here, remember the part of the podcast where I talked about the guy who said, oh, well, you're just going to have to wait for me when it came to the whole Uber situation? Yeah, yeah, he was also a guy who was requesting a FaceTime. So that's why I have an issue with this brand of dude. Another thing too, if a guy just straight up tries to FaceTime you out of nowhere, no warning, no scheduled meeting within 24 hours of advance or within a time frame that's acceptable for your ever so busy schedule as a beautiful hot girl, we need to start some beef with that because that is also another sign of a entitled trifling Dusty. Like, no, you're not just going to hit me up in the middle of the day and get that FaceTime service. 24 hours only. For me, at least. Set whatever standard you find to be comfortable with. And the triflingness of this goes up times 100 if this is a guy who has never ever met you before and has never established that familiarity. I've known men for like three to four years when they try to hit me with that FaceTime. It's an instant ignore and then an immediate text message of what do you want from me to him. So just know who you're dealing with if you are dealing with a man who is trying to FaceTime you out of the blue or who is asking for a FaceTime before the first date. Um, And if you do want to FaceTime before the date, personally, you as a woman, you know, for your own safety, I would put it off to the last of last minutes just so that he doesn't pretend like his idea was actually yours. And just to clarify, when I say last of last minutes, I mean don't announce out loud on your profile or preemptively in the conversation before things develop along the road that you require a FaceTime for your own safety. Just hit him with the surprise shot, hey, I want a FaceTime. And from there, it's just about making sure that this dude is actually going to be prompt and punctual with the timing. Now, I think I hit all the talking points that I wanted to make with these last two subjects that came from the prior podcast episode. However, if you guys are interested in hearing it more expanded out, go check out the last episode. It's um, it's called Entitled Trifling Dusties. But I'm going to move on to the next point. When a man identifies as spontaneous or when a guy calls himself spontaneous. Now, I know that this seems like, oh, wow, that means he could give me flowers out of nowhere. That means he could whisk me away off my feet and show up to work with food for me or even pop up at the nail salon and start feeding me fries hand in mouth. No besties, when a man calls himself spontaneous, it most likely means that he is going to create plans with you at the last of last minutes. Um, He's probably not going to hit you up until the wee hours of the night with no notice in advance. It also means that he might be the type of guy who won't make a plan. So you guys will be sitting there with the idea that you're going to see each other for mm, three to four days in advance and the entire time there's no plan. Why? Because he's Mr. Spontaneous. Because he's going to figure it out the night of. And you know what's so great about Mr. Spontaneous? Is that most restaurants require reservations. And if you actually like to sit down somewhere, dine in, get dressed up, and go somewhere that's actually decent, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that with Mr. Spontaneous, especially if you live in a Shapopin city. The caveat of Mr. Spontaneous is that if you are not in a serious relationship with him, you're probably going to be on his roster and he's going to center his plans with you around the roster and his ever so last minute lifestyle. So basically, he's going to hit up every single girl at the last of last minutes and whoever says yes first is the one who's going to be able to hang out with him. 
And the guy who identifies this way is going to act like the fact that you want plans or that you want things in advance or that you have a schedule that you live by that you prioritize. He's going to act like that's also inconvenient. Oh my God, I'm spontaneous. Why can't you just be fun and do things? Why can't you just go with the flow? Because, mother I have a life too. And my life matters, as does yours, queen. Another thing Mr. Spontaneous will do is if you have plans with him, but his homeboys want to see him somewhere in between the middle of you guys knowing that you guys are going to see each other, Mr. Spontaneous will just get up and go and hang out with the homeboys. Now, depending on if you are dating a guy who does still prioritize the boy's life, yeah, Mr. Spontaneous is not going to hesitate to do that, and he probably won't even tell you. From my experience, my Mr. Spontaneouses would just be like, yeah, 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 we're gonna see each other, we're gonna see each other, like, that would be the plan all week long, and then I would call them, hey, I'm about to leave my house right now, are you ready, am I good to head over? And they'd be like, oh, I'm on the boat with my friends. Oh, I decided to go hang out with this guy or that guy because they wanted to see me. Or I'm going to go take a weekend trip with my boys because they thought that that would be a good idea to do. And I decided, yeah, it does sound fun. So you will automatically get triumphed over by Mr. Spontaneous's spontaneity. This type of guy will gaslight the fuck out of you too because he'll sit there and act like he really wants to see you he really wants to make a plan with you oh my god set the time aside for me oh my god I can't wait to see you again and then the day comes and oh actually he's gonna go watch football with his homeboys and you're just supposed to sit there and understand you're just supposed to be like oh yeah okay I get it yeah that's cool yeah haha fuck me am I right (sighs) so yeah men out here ruining all things good That could actually be amazing, but using it for evil. Let's move on to the next point. The next one that I have over here is when a man says he likes down-to-earth women. Now look, some of you listening right now are probably actually down-to-earth, whatever that means to you. But however, when a man uses this phrase, he is specifically referencing a woman that he considers to be low-maintenance. So when he says he wants a low-maintenance woman, he's referring to a girl who doesn't need dates, who doesn't need gifts. There's a really weird brand of dude who gets annoyed if you're putting makeup on around them. Like if you're in their passenger seat or if you're at their house and you're reapplying your lipstick, your eyeshadow, your highlight, whatever it is. For some reason, that will irritate them and that will immediately place you into the high maintenance, not down to earth category because you give a crap about what you look like. I just had one of my mutuals post on Twitter that somebody got irritated with her because she said that she was going to the gym and getting her nails done in one day. Like, um, okay, why are they attracted to the things that make us look hot, but they're pissed off when we actually keep up with it? And you guys, the more I try to make this make sense to me, I think it just explains why there are so many men out here who do not work out, who don't try to fix their hairline with laser techniques or guys who just don't give a crap how they look when they age or who don't care about how they dress. It's starting to make more sense to me that men think that the idea of being genuinely hot is just existing on this earth, being born hot and just staying hot without any intervention from yourself or doctors or a good diet or genuine efforts to maintain that hotness. 
And it's so annoying because there's a brand of guy that if they find out that you have fillers or you have Botox, they'll sit there and go, but you don't need that stuff. Meanwhile, is that not the stuff that caused them to swipe right on you? Is that not the stuff that makes you attractive enough to them to get their attention? And we talk about this in our communities online amongst other women about how many men will sit there and say they don't like dyed hair, they don't like Botox, they don't like laser treatments. Oh, women who go out of their way to do hair and makeup and make themselves hot. Oh, so unattractive that they have to do all that extra extra. But then look at who they follow on Instagram. Look at what is all over their FYP on TikTok. Go look at their Explore page. Look at how the algorithm has learned the stuff that they look at and pay attention to. Another way that men weaponize the trait of being down to earth is by specifically making it about a woman who likes video games, beers, who doesn't mind walking everywhere because she's not wearing heels. So yeah, he doesn't have to go ahead and order that 5 to $10 Uber to go walk five blocks. He'll expect you to be a woman who's quote-unquote not obsessed with social media. Which, by the way, we need to dissect that real quick. What is the problem with social media when it comes to men? Oh yeah, that when men go on there, they get 10 likes when they post a picture of their face, but 100 likes when they post a picture of a tree. They get no validation, they get no support, but women can amass hundreds of thousands of followers, and guess what? If he does something wrong, she can expose his ass with ease. If he goes to gaslight her about a situation or thing, she can tell her story online, and she'll get validation from the women in the audience saying, hey, I went through that too. No, that's not normal. He shouldn't have said that. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, social media very often does not benefit men. It happens to be for the girls. And with today's market, if you as a woman wanted to post yourself in cute outfits and cute makeup or even talking about hair and makeup, you can even make a career off that. And you don't have to be traditionally attractive to men. You can have an audience of all women who hype you up, support you, and get companies behind you, sponsoring you, sending you free stuff, and lining your pockets. And if you're a woman who wants to use social media for pure evil, You can even monetize the men's presence on there. Yeah, that's right. You can make a living off of social media if you decide that you wanted to cater it to men. They hate that. They can't stand that. Like, how dare you not force yourself to work a 9 to 5 like me and suffer in the way that I suffer. You're not doing a real job. You're just using men. (laughs) By the way, anybody who does use social media as a form of monetization and they use it as a source of income, it's work. Don't let these bitter misogynistic dudes fool you. It's a full-time job. Instead of working a 9 to 5, you work 24-7. Oh, and if you can make taxes on it, guess what? Yeah, it's a real job. A lot of the misogynistic men around me when I was on Twitch would tell me that I wasn't doing a real job, that I'm not actually making money. But my paid bills and my growing credit score said otherwise. And back to the men who want a woman who's quote unquote down to earth. A woman who's online, who has the confidence to put herself out there, is not going to be insecure in a way that he can control or in a way that's going to benefit him. Yeah, she is definitely going to have an ego to a certain extent. Um, I've met men who are like, oh, girls online have big egos. Uh, they're self-inflated egos. The world's constantly trying to blow up her ego. And what about it, dude? 
Why does that bother you? Oh, yeah, because you know that we can do better than you. Because you know that we can bounce to the next the second that you start acting up or the second you decide that you want to be low effort. Because all we have to do is post a selfie and then our phone goes ding, 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 Another thing that men will do is they're going to put themselves in your shoes. Okay, so what if I was a person who could command hundreds of thousands of people to pay attention to me? What if all I had to do was post one selfie and then I just got a whole bunch of attention and I had all these people in my DMs? Go look at James Franco. Go look at Anzal Angor. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. They're using it to fulfill some of their darkest desires or to satisfy their entitlement, which usually with men revolves around sex. So an insecure man who has bad intentions is going to see a woman on social media and think, ain't no fucking way she's not using that to get the pipe. Little do they realize how little value the pipe actually has to us. Like, nah, most of us are on here just trying to secure our bag and live a life where we can go on vacations and own homes that we don't need a man to come in and support that's going to end up ruining the joys of it. But back to the topic, because I know we went off the rails there. Down to earth and low maintenance women. It very rarely actually means the things that genuinely make a woman down to earth or whatever women identify as down to earth. He's referring to a woman that he can control, who does not have the ability to influence others. He wants to be her only influence. He's using that terminology to describe a woman who won't challenge him, a woman who is selling herself as high value to him, who's easy to incorporate into his life, who's going to benefit his world through her finances, her physical attention, and her emotional validation. A lot of the people on TikTok under the post that I made said that it's a man who basically wants to date a man in a woman's body, which I honestly do have to agree with because nothing about a down-to-earth woman in a way that the man is using the term actually describes a woman. And just to be clear, I'm speaking of a stereotypical woman in the way that they understand women to be via the eyes of American society. Because at the end of the day, there are girls who like hair, makeup, and nails, and they also like beer. They also like sports. I know baddies who love Overwatch and Call of Duty. But no, she must absolutely not like anything that is related to females, i.e., Whatever they perceive to be female-related, that can make a woman high-maintenance. But she better look hot. She better be able to jerk off to. She better be just as bad as the baddies on my IG feed, or else I'm definitely going to be breaking my neck to go look at one. One of the only ways that this makes sense to me is that it's just a guy who can't afford it. It's a guy who can't manage to keep up with it. It's a guy who doesn't invest in himself in a way that the woman's investing in herself, and he doesn't see a purpose to, so he knows that that woman's inevitably gonna go off and do better than him. It's like that phrase that goes, if I'm too much, go find less. Yeah, he's gonna go find less every time. But that doesn't mean that he's ever gonna stop scrolling on Instagram and looking for women who look that way. No, he's definitely going to like the way that it looks. It's just probably going to be many, many years before he can actually afford a woman who looks that way and can actually keep up with the effort it takes to be on her level. Now, I feel like I spent a lot of time trying to make the misogyny make sense here. It's really hard to wrap your mind around, at least for me, because it will never make sense to me. It just does not. It's like insanity. I'm not crazy like that. I'm crazy in other ways, but not in this particular arena. And I didn't grow up being socialized in this manner, even as a millennial. The only times when I experienced this brand of dude was when I started dating and when Instagram popped up out of the ground and I got to watch how men reacted to my use of it. 
another way that this popped up over the last 10 years was, was with the rise of BBLs. Anytime you see any new beauty procedure or anything where a woman can get involved with it, there's always a man who's going to find a way to make some problematic aspect of it related to women. If you think about it, these dudes are kind of like dinosaur boomers who get mad when there's innovation and that it actually happens to improve a woman's life and it makes it harder for them to keep up with us. They're like, oh, why can't we just go back to when things were simple? Yeah, I'm sure you would love it if we weren't able to enhance our lives and our beauty and to be able to advance ourselves beyond you. Let's move on to the next thing that men do that sounds good or seems sweet but is actually low-key insidious or problematic. When a man shares his family and personal trauma right away. It's like, oh, he's opening up to me. He's being vulnerable. It's so sweet. Is he or is he using you for therapy? Also, is this man asking you anything about yourself or is he just trauma dumping on you? One time a guy did this to me, and when I say a guy, I'm specifically referring to the Dusty Ninja who was called Hemorrhoids from uh, a previous podcast episode. Yeah, he did this to me so much that one time when we were drinking around each other, I got so drunk that I actually started crying because of the trauma he was dumping on me. I was like, that's so sad. (laughs) Which, by the way, I think you guys should do. Because after I did that, he stopped. It seems like it's so special that they're opening up to you and they're sharing these deep, crazy stories of how their lives have been forever changed by something radical that they went through. But have you ever seen these men with other people when they're first introducing themselves? You think that you're so special because they shared this with you. And then you realize, wait a second. They tell everybody that story within the first 5 to 20 minutes of talking to them. They introduce themselves as their trauma everywhere that they go. One of the worst guys who I dated that did this actually did have a horrible, horrific story about every single member of his family. But I noticed that he accepted all forms of attention and was eager for even the most negative forms of it. He did not care if the only type of attention that he got was negative or even pity. It actually was so weird to watch from the outside and eventually it became my ick. Like once you realize that somebody's so desperate for attention that they don't care if they're getting it in the most type of ways, it's like, who are you? No, I don't want to be associated to this. This is like, get an actual accomplishment, get an actual accolade. And I remember watching him go online and act like he was so sad on Twitter or like he was so negatively affected by stuff, but he'd be typing tweets with a smile on his face, knowing that he was going to get attention, knowing that it was going to rev up the interactions. And he'd be like, ha yeah. Like, yeah, I just do this. But anyways, I do not trust men who come right out the gate with trauma. Um, Anybody who's playing their tiny little violin with any scenario, like the second that you start to feel yourself feeling pity for a man and making excuses for his situations in life, as in why he's not where he wants to be in his career or why he's not where he wants to be in life with his finances. Men who use pity narratives to gain your trust to gain your likableness, or to get closer to you are using a tactic that Ted Bundy used to lure his victims. Let's not forget, right? Ted Bundy would act like he was injured and like he needed help to get women to be assisting towards him or to like gain their trust early on to be like, yeah, just come over here with me. Um, So at the best, at the best, he's 
socially clueless, right? And at the worst, he's manipulating you. And it's the only way that he knows how to get people to come close to him at a rapid pace that benefits his interest. Do not ever create excuses for a dude who comes to you with his trauma right out the gate. It's not because you have superpowers that make people want to open up to you because you're so inherently trustworthy because you make people feel so good around you. They just want to tell you everything. No, sis. It's a manipulation tactic. So do not start feeling special that they opened up to you. Do not start creating excuses for their trauma. Do not let yourself think that this is a person who needs your help or needs your assistance or who needs to be given a slap on the wrist for why they're not where they want to be or for why they don't have the things that they need. Have you guys ever heard the saying that if a man ever stops you to ask for help that you're in danger? Because men don't ask women for help. The sad thing is that it's such an effective tactic, especially on women. Um, This goes up twice as much when you're a woman of religion, right? Because of the morals that are preached towards these women to be helpful and kind and caring and considerate. What you should be considering here is how long does it take for a person to establish trust with you? How long does it take for you to give out trust to a person? Are you automatically telling people all of your deepest, darkest secrets as soon as they meet you? That could be an issue of boundaries. So the way that you should be looking at a relationship growth pattern, and I mentioned this before in previous uh, podcast episodes, is like an XY chart. It should start from the bottom left corner and it should ascend upward in a 90 degree angle. It should not start at an upper left Y corner going all the way down the X chart as a Shikra fall. Chikra is a roller coaster in Florida that goes directly downward with absolutely no slope. It's literally like turning on the edge of a corner of a square. Another way that a man will play a pity narrative to you that's like a form of trauma is they will blame the women in their life for why they have trust issues and why they can't be someone who's generous and doting towards you because that woman cheated on him after they were together for years or after he gifted her a car. This is something that one of the guys in my previous story times did, the felon specifically. He said that he turned to a life of crime and partying and drugs and felony because the woman in his world that was his longest girl who he thought that he got pregnant but she ended up being pregnant by another man had cheated on him. Men will use these scenarios to absolve themselves of the responsibility of their own actions. And if you weren't somebody who's listened to this story time yet, it was an absolute lie because we went to go look at the court document records on my live stream and we found out that he had been somebody who has never lived a year of his 20s starting at the age of 17 without going to court and not for jury duty besties. No, he was a defendant every time. So please be wary when a pity narrative or when a sad boy trauma story is being told towards you. One of the ways that you know that you're dealing with a guy like this is if he likes sad boy music. I know that sounds like a large generalization and huge judgment to make, but literally the guys that have used these types of narratives on me the most were so into sad boy music and (laughs) it ruined Black Bear for me for life. But okay, besties, let's move past this. I actually want to wrap this all up. The entire point of this podcast episode today was not to strike fear into your heart, but awareness. There are things that guys can do that can actually be genuinely good and thoughtful 
and can facilitate the needle moving in a relationship and actually be towards your benefit. But I want you guys to know when it can go against you and when they are being sneaky and devious. I just want to reiterate, the whole point is to not avoid dating. Like, I don't want you guys to sit here and go, oh, well, I might as well not date since men are going to be such f***ing assholes. No, still date, but keep a very rational mindset in place of letting things develop, trying to make sense of actions. I've dated men who told me that I need to stop trying to find the meaning in everything. No, there is almost always meaning in something. Nothing is coincidence, in my opinion. I do think that you need to be on the lookout for your own best interest at all times, and you genuinely can't place it into the hands of strangers who are looking for ways to potentially exploit you. It does sound a little paranoid, but it's ultimately looking out for your best interest. The person who is going to be in your life, who does have good intentions, is not going to care that you are trying to see if they are going to hurt you or to see if you can actually trust them. They're going to laugh it off. They're going to be like, haha, I can't believe you thought that. Look at where we are today. Look, now you can actually trust me. But just a reminder, it's not going to happen over three dates. It's not going to happen over six dates. It might not even happen in three months. Like, you might not actually know a person's true intentions until six months in. And I know this sounds like it's really long and impossible. And oh my God, I'm going to be single forever. You guys... What happens when you rush when you do your makeup? What happens when you rush when you get ready? You end up looking crazy. You look like you got dressed in the dark. So just like you wouldn't rush yourself out the door, do not rush a relationship. If a person's going to be in your life, you have the rest of your life to get to know them and to get closer to them. And there's no need to push the boundaries early on or to rush your own personal pace just because a man is impatient or just because you're coming from a place of craving connection. Just as a recap, let's make sure we are rotational dating. We're not giving all our time and energy to one person which, by the way, it's a very sobering act to do. And while a lot of the words that men use and things that men can do can seem very nice, remember that most of them are not actually nice people. Things are only as nice as the person who is behind the act or the word or the actual intention. And yeah, men be on their f***ing shit in 2021. This is actually being finalized on Christmas Eve, so men will probably still be on their in 2022 unfortunately so I think that's all that I have to say today I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast episode and that it was relevant to you if you guys like my content and you want to get more fleeksy in the brain I'm on YouTube under fleeksy I have a makeup channel it's called fleeksy cake I'm on TikTok as fleeksy and I'm on Instagram also as fleeksy basically if there's a social media platform you can bet that I'm fleeksy on it and I've gone far and wide across all the platforms to make sure that I'm the only fleeksy on there. Yes, even on Twitch. So go check me out. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you guys all have a great day. Bye.